It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa with Charismatic Woman, and we are on week four of intuition training. And I am warning you in advance, I am sniffly and stuffily and coffee. So, yeah, bear with me as, <laughs> as you listen to me schnuffle. Um This week was in the materials and the emphasis of the program is about really further getting to know your spirit guides. And we kind of already explored this a little bit when we started talking about your security team and your head of security. Um, it's it's pretty much the same, only a little bit different. Um, I mean, and I think spirit guides, and like I said, spirit guides, angels, however you call it, whatever you say, I mean, there's there have been references to something of the sort in just about every culture throughout history, every spiritual philosophy, I mean, not every spiritual philosophy, but most, I mean, it's its something that has been, it has stood the test of time in terms of being very perennial and not going away. Um, and I think that oftentimes people think there's a distinction. I mean, there's when you talk about angels, that can be a pretty pretty complex conversation because everybody's got a different idea about what angels are or can do or how they work. I mean, spirit guides kind of feels the same way. But when I'm talking about spirit guides for the purpose of this material, what I'm talking about is somebody that you know who works with, who's with you for a long period of time. And when I say you know, somebody who has been in your space for a while and is going to stay in your space for a while um, that you can connect with for the purposes of getting information, receiving guidance, and getting help. So it's not just like a transitory sort of guardian angel who showed up in a pinch. It's it's somebody with whom you can develop a relationship and kind of learn to depend on that relationship over time. Um, so does that make sense? Does that kind of sort of loose definition make sense to everybody? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, hello, Janet. It's good you're here. The technical stuff was weird today, but anyhow. um, How many of you have had some sort of experience with something that you would classify as a spirit guide or spirit helper? Oh, Oh. yeah. Okay, let's hear it, Nikki. You know, I've had so many. I mean, I pretty much I've had it to where, like, I don't know if this would qual- – well, I would qualify as this. I remember one time I was driving, and for some reason I felt like somebody was putting all their weight on my foot, right, because I was going to gun it. And then I think I was kind of tired or whatnot, and it prevented me from getting into an accident. 
So, yeah, I de- that was definitely, like, something from the other side. So I've had something dramatic as that, but I've also, like, heard things like, go here. And then I've actually met somebody that was beneficial for, like, my business or career or something like that, particularly to, like, a place or, or you know, an area that I normally wouldn't go. That's normally not in my trajectory. But, yeah, I've been guided to that, and it's been, like, beneficial. So I've had both beneficial, like, positive, as well as, like, saving my life or saving me from, like, an accident or something traumatic happening. Yeah. Do you get any sense it's the same it's the same person or entity or do you not have that sense? Just maybe just I I feel that they're like different entities. I feel like with the accidents and that kind of a thing, I always feel like it's my grandmother looking you know, after me. But as far as like meeting someone, it's it feels like it's just a different energy. Right. You know, like my, my grandmother was like a really like, she was like only four foot 11 and she just had like this really like loving energy. And so it feels different. But whereas like the beneficial, that's, it feels like a, I don't know, I don't know, an angel that has ADHD or something. It's just like a different energy. <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> yep. All right, Janet, how about you? Oh, sorry, I measured myself. Um, Yeah. I- a, a range of different experiences, kind of like what Nikki was talking about. Uh, but I'm not sh- I guess I have this sense that there are ongoing relationships. Like I, I know there's a team of, you know, healing angels, and I know there's a team of angels for specific other things. But I haven't really had that sense of. I've been willing to just assume that they're there and not really need to feel their presence. Um, and I think that's partly because some years ago, well, maybe uh, maybe 20 years ago, oh my God, um, I actually went and learnt, uh, I went to a channeling workshop and the lass who was teaching it was, there were sort of a, a, a fair number of rules around it. Anyway, I, I did this sort of channeling exercise on my own and um, it was, and it totally freaked me out because I channeled Archangel Michael and I was like, oh, what? No, I'm serious. It just freaked me out, and I've now, you know, now I would be kind of like, "Wow, that's kind of cool." But back then, I just wasn't ready for it. And so, I think I have. I'm only just thinking about this now. I think I've made. I had made a decision back then that I was going to continue with this kind of work, but I, it felt safer not to see them, not to know them, not to really feel that presence because it might overwhelm me. And now I'm kind of like. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> so I'm ready to switch it off and actually open that door, which is kind of exciting. It is. I mean, I think that it was interesting to me when I looked at the studies because I found that one that was done in the 80s in the U.S. that said a quarter of Americans say they've had some sort of some sort of experience with extrasensory kind of work. And I'm sure that's higher now. I mean, I would guess significantly higher now. So many people have had these experiences where they felt like they've had the companionship of some sort of guide, or they felt like they've tied into something that they've channeled, or they felt like they have been, they have, they've experienced intervention on behalf of an angel of some sort. I think probably way more people than we think have because a lot of people won't talk about it. And so, I mean, it's, it's really, really easy for me to say that I think that probably all of us in this group and who are listening to these calls probably 
I think we would be in a high category in terms of how many people, how many people in the group have had these kinds of experiences. But I think that it's probably it probably would sound very similar in terms of being a little bit random or maybe unintentional. And what we're talking about this week is really taking it out of that realm of being random and bringing it into something that you actually initiate and control and you you get to literally be the leader of the party rather than having something or someone just show up randomly and and in exchange with you or exchange with you and then you not knowing when or how that's going to happen. So did you guys get a chance to read through the materials? No. Just quickly skimmed it, yep. Yeah. I had it up on my computer a second ago. So what I, what I would like to introduce this week is a process, kind of a getting-to-know-you mixer for... Mm-hmm helping you to know your team or possibly assemble your team. I think it could go either way. Like I have a strong belief that this says that they're probably already there. But maybe you have a specific, a specific position on your team you'd like to fill for you feel like you might want to bring in an extra energy. Um, but this is really going to be the week of the mixer. And I'm going to go through the process of that um, kind of step by step. And then at the end, we'll talk about it a little bit. So the first thing you want to do is you want to decide what you want your guide team to look like, your team of helpers. Um, You know, who do you want? You want that, probably want somebody who's head of security. Um, Do you, is there a specific energy that you're particularly interested in? Like, is there somebody that you would like to invite to your team who you think might not be there for some reason? Somebody that has a kind of expertise. Do you want, you know, two or three people? Do you want five or six people? I mean, I would say keep it in the neighborhood of no more than six. But really think about kind of the makeup of the team that you want and get that in mind when, you know, kind of as you're planning your get-together. And then the next thing you do is, you, as I said, you send invitations and you set the, you set the place, stage for the party. So by sending invitations, I mean you make the list or, you know, make your – list, really, it is a list of who you want to assemble onto your team, and then you set an intention very specifically that says at this place, this day, and this time, we're going to meet up. Like, literally, it, it, you want to be fairly fairly specific with that. It's not, kind of, it's not the kind of thing where you say sometime in the next week if you would just make your presence known to me. Like, you're, you're starting to set a precedence of taking control of how you want to experience this stuff. So you will literally set a place and time that you want to meet up. And the next thing you do is you set the stage or set the, set the space for your get-together, which really can be anything. But I would say it needs to be something versus nothing, if that makes any sense. I mean, I would, I would do something that sets it apart as being special. And like I said, it could be a vase of flowers and a bottle of wine, or it could be crystals and candles, or it could be, you know, a walk to a specific location in nature. But you do want it to be something that actually primes the space and designates that space and that time as being special. Um, When you show up for your event, I would 
take a journal so that you've got something to write down your impressions, draw pictures, doodle if you're bored, I don't know. And at the beginning of the event, I would just, you know, again, set an intention, dating kind of out loud, maybe in your head, but in some way that you're there and you're ready and just very briefly review the real, the rules that you've set up for how you want to experience things and sit and see what happens. And like I said, chances are for a lot of people, maybe not for this group, for a lot of people, they're going to feel like nothing happens. For this group, we may have a lot of people who really feel like they tap in easily and right away. But you're, you're just going to sit and be quiet and listen. And I wouldn't listen so much for words, but I would kind of lean towards feelings or impressions. Um, maybe even looking for... The best way I can describe it is images without pictures. Some, some sense of impression that might show up and start to take notes. And ask questions. Ask for names if you want them. If you don't get them, that's okay. But that first meeting can feel a little bit like fumbling in the dark. But you really do pretty much set it up like a, like a party to some degree, like a get-together with an old friend. And you sit and let it happen. So any questions about how that works? You guys are quiet. I'm going to say no. So I'm going to run through the questions really quick. Um, what if nothing happens? If nothing happens, make it up. And I mean this very, 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 very strongly. Decide what you'd like to be, decide who you'd like to be on your team and start naming them and creating a totally make-believe exchange. And I do firmly believe that a big percentage of what you're thinking you're making up is probably really happening and that the rational mind puts up this weird wall that makes you think like, think it's not or think that you're making it up. I mean, even if you're making it up, you are creating as you go. So if absolutely nothing happens, then go ahead and make it up. In your first meeting, I mean, you're not getting grade. Nobody knows what you're doing. There's no reason not to make it up. Go ahead and make it up, and I can guarantee you that they will show up, and they will kind of fill in the spaces as you go along in the future. And I, some people have asked when I have suggested this whether making it up will prevent them from having a quiet enough mind to actually be able to connect with something that might be more real, I don't think so at all. I think making it up, if you really feel stuck, is just a way of kind of turning on the water and priming that pump. Um, the next question is, what if you sense somebody but you don't know who they are, you don't get a name? Um, tell them the truth. You sense their presence, but that you're not getting a sense, clear sense of who they are and ask them to keep introducing themselves until you get it, um, which might take some time. Um, so this speaks to Janet's issue. What if I connect with an energy that seems to be too big or too far out? Um, former president, archangel, ascended master, Abraham. Yeah, really, whatever. Anything's possible, and anything's actually fairly likely. The energy of spirit guides and helpers isn't as fixed as ours, and so they will show up for us in ways that we think they think we, we will recognize them or that we can relate to them. And it's also very possible for lots of people to find the same way to tap into the same source of energy. I mean, it's fairly controversial, but there are other people out there who claim to be channeling Abraham other than Esther. 
who actually seem to be doing a pretty good job of that. I mean, copyright attorneys and Hay House aside, I mean, it, it seems that it's entirely possible that that's really happening. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if more than one person is, is channeling Archangel Michael. It just, it's not all that uncommon. Um, and what if I only sense one team member, but I asked for more? I think that's pretty common because there's usually one team member that steps up as to be kind of the communicator, the interpreter. And it's very often that as you start to develop a relationship for one, others are behind that, that energy or they introduce you to the other energy. So one in the beginning may be what you really want to aim for so that you can start to develop those skills and develop that relationship before you really branch out. Um, and the last question is, what if I feel like I'm making it up all of the time? Keep making it up. Keep making it up. And I would say, very, I would highly suggest that you schedule one of these meetings every week, um, every single week at, you know, theoretically same time, same place, but especially the same place. And no more than once a day. Some people would might try to do it too much and kind of burn themselves out a little bit. So somewhere between once a day and a week. But every time you do it, you will need to send out your psychic invitation in advance. You don't really, I mean, I don't think you really need to do that. But like the repetition of the ritual really helps a lot. So kind of keep your ritual pieces in place. So I'm going to, we lost, we lost Nikki. We still got Aspen in chat. So Aspen, if you have any questions. Type them in, girlfriend. Janet, do you have any questions? Not questions, just things I'm reflecting on and um, uh, uh, just, you know, things like um, I'm sure the team is not going to mind if the first time we do it we're going to have to meet in a temporary place and then we move to a permanent place because, you know, at the moment my mum's... <laughs> My yeah. mum's in the bedroom that I would normally use for this kind of work. So uh, I kind of like the idea of... I actually quite like the idea of setting up from the beginning that that yes, it's a ritual and yes, there is stability to it, but there's also the potential for flexibility. Um, that kind of feels good. The stability in the ritual are really for your benefit, but not theirs. Yes. I mean, they yes. And so it's about you learning to prime the space, you learning to get into state, you learn, you know, it's all of those things that ritual is about. So I don't think the team will care. In fact, I know the team doesn't care at all. Of course. Yes. One of the things that you you can do that that makes the whole ritual more flexible is make it about the props. So like one particular candle or maybe one vase of flowers that's mobile, the smaller things that can go with you to another room if you need them to that kind of symbolize setting up the space. Do you know, I, I think uh, I, I, I just had this flash of inspiration because I do like that flexibility. And you know me, Lisa, don't fence me in. I was thinking it'd be really cool to have a pair of magic earrings and the only time I ever wear those magic earrings is when I'm meeting the team mm-hmm. or, or, you know, and that way I can do it anywhere. All I've got to do is put on these magic earrings, which I will make. I've got to put on a pair of magic earrings and that's, you know, that's a meeting space. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I and you know, you, I've heard people do that with something they'll wear also. Same mm. sort of thing, like one particular blouse or one particular dress that they wear for that purpose, and that's that's how oh. they set the stage. So I think that would work. Um, Aspen said in chat that she's a little nervous about being overwhelmed by the experience or the information. And I think, again, that goes back to realizing that you set the rules and that you get to be in charge. So, I mean, in the beginning, and I don't think she's alone. I mean, I'm sure that other people feel that way or felt that way. You get to decide what's happening. So, in the beginning, you can keep it at meet and greet and make that very clear. Like, I'd just like to get to know you guys. I just want to kind of feel this out. I want this to be easy and I want it to feel light and manageable for me. But you're you're totally in charge and you you don't ever have to give that up for any reason. And if for some reason an experience starts to roll on you and it feels uncomfortable, you have every right and the ability to tell it to slow down and put the brakes on or disconnect altogether at any point. So, I mean, the way to get over that nervousness is to realize that you're absolutely in charge. We could be up for a short call today. Any other thoughts, Janet? No, except this, I think I'm glad I was so glad I was able to make it after all. Um, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and I I guess I just wanted to share. Well, tease out. I keep catching myself thinking about this, especially since reading Hiring the Heavens. I keep catching myself thinking around this in terms of in order to have it make sense to me in a way that is kind of easy to understand, I keep thinking of it like uh, a really good corporate structure, if you like, where, you know, different members of the team are kind of like the vice president in charge of, insert Mm -hmm. thing here, you know, there's security and then there's this and that. And I'm really liking the idea of... Because I love the idea of hiring temporary help and having, you know, committees for specific projects and that kind of thing, and and it all that all seems to make sense to me. And I totally get it that that's not how the team see themselves. It's not, you know, I get it. It's energy, so therefore the same sort, you know, the same entity can be assisting millions of people at the same time. I I get that, but I really like that I've got some way of getting some traction on it through this way of thinking about it and at the same time holding it lightly enough so that when things don't fit that model, which of course, you know, the the team will start to do their thing. It won't just be me imposing. It's not like I can, it's not like I can impose a structure on them, but I like the idea of having something that works to get me that first initial traction so that that I do feel like, I think that helps me to go, to get on board without fearing anything and without feeling like I could get overwhelmed or anything because it's, I know this is going to sound a bit weird, but when you said before about, you know, we're in charge of this, there was a little part of my monkey mind that kind of went, oh, that sounds very arrogant. And the rest of me is going, but of course, <laughs> that's how I want it. Right. So I like, I really like this. And I think you're right. And, you know, I don't, well, I mean, when I think about hiring the heavens, like what I picture is people who may have crossed over who had those jobs, who would understand those structures and those kinds of, I don't don't know, they would understand all of those things perfectly well. So they may actually get it and stay in those structures. And, you know, other energies 
might not, but they would flow through the construct or the structure that we set up. It, mm. And I don't even know that it matters. Like hiring to have exactly. changed. Hiring the heavens changed how I see this a lot because I've always known that I had helpers or guides that have been with me for a long time. But the concept of temporary help was not something that I had really considered much beyond sort of that emergency guardian angel. But I think Mm -hmm. the reason that this is a good starting place is because it is very, very simple. Like we're just starting with a meet and greet. That's what we're doing for the next few weeks. And if that meet and greet and it grows and more people get invited or more information gets exchanged, then that's natural and that's fine. But it doesn't put a lot of pressure on tapping into your guides and start asking all of life's biggest questions. Just a meet and greet. That's all. It's just just a sense of practice. Yeah, I love it. So I would like to hear in chat how everybody's meet and greets go this week especially, actually, the two of you. It's interesting that I've got Aspen and Janet on the line tonight because both of you, I'm very curious. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and we had Melanie bump in and bump out because of talk show issues. But, yeah, checking in a Facebook group. Let's see how it's going for everybody this week because this week is when the really, really good stuff starts and let's make sure we support each other and I'll talk with you next week. Fantastic. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good one. Me too. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.